Welcome to Thinking Too Hard About Anime, an anime discussion podcast. It's a little bit of history, a little bit of analysis, and a lot of over-examining the Japanese cartoons, or in this case, creators, we love so much. I'm your co-host, Noah Carden, and with me as always is... Aaron J. Shelton. And we are back after a little bit of a delay with episode four of You Cannot Recap. And we're, we're here to talk about the next chunk of episodes of Evangelion by Hideaki Anno. The action arc. The action arc, as is colloquially known, because we have, we have been introduced to Asuka, so we have our, our primary three children and their Avas. Um, and now it, the, the show kind of turns into a, a bit of a Monster of the Week uh, setup, uh, where we get an angel shows up, Shinji, Asuka, and Rei have to work together to 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 stop it. And in between, we get little bits of like slice of life or maybe a little background on on some of the other characters. So so how are we how are we feeling about the overall this this stretch of episodes? Um, this was a fun. I think that's the optimal word. It's like, I think this was a fun stretch of episodes. Um, we learn a little bit more about Asuka. Um, it gets questionable in some parts. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I think that's kind of the word. It, it is fun. Yeah, it's it's the fun bit before the, you know, that left hook comes in and, and knocks you into the, the really serious part of the show later on. And like, supposedly this was... Ano's thinking. Uh, I guess those first six episodes really wiped everyone out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Ano was like, "Oh, we should lighten. We should lighten the show's tone uh, somewhat." <laughs> With a a sinister <laughs> smile. <laughs> it's like, oh, people uh, need to feel happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I can make them sad again. Incredibly sad. Um, so yeah, so no, I definitely agree. Um, it's a fun little quad of episodes we're going to be covering here today. Um, they, I, I like how they do kind of interweave some, some background and like kind of deepening our knowledge of the characters with the sort of unique angels that we, we get in this, these four episodes. Um, I mean, and the, the first episode we're going to be covering is probably one of the most like recognizable or or infamous episodes when it comes to like the angels and how they defeat it um so let's let's jump in what do you say let's do it uh so our first episode is moment and heart together also known as both of you dance like you want to win uh what a what a title it's so good it is directed by Seiji Mizushima, who would go on to direct other series like Shaman King, Full Metal Alchemist, Gundam 00, um, a lot of a lot of great like mid two thousands anime series. Um, it was also uh, storyboarded uh, storyboarded by Shinji Higuchi and then written by Hideaki Anno and Akio Satsukawa. Should we start calling Shinji Higuchi the Gooch? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> not to his face. No, not to his face. Uh, the Gooch. It's a Gucci, Sean. 
san yeah. when we see <laughs> the gooch san <laughs> gooch sensei see there are other uh creators in japan that i've heard called the gooch before <laughs> uh like i believe the director of the yakuza slash like a dragon series of games also has a, a, a i think it's a haguchi as well so he gets called the gooch Okay. Uh, casually, so, <laughs> but uh, maybe, maybe we'll have to, we'll have to see, we'll have to play it he, out. He's just having a lot of like these, this and Oscar Rise Japan. Mm-hmm. Just a lot of fun is being had in, in both of these episodes. Just yeah. like, oh, he's a he's a fun guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so with this episode, um, the it's Oscar has now in Japan. Uh, much to the chagrin of the boys, Shinji, Kensuke, and Toji, um, who, at least Kensuke and Toji, seem to be uh, making the best of it by selling photos of the new foreign exchange student. It's, uh, uh, I hate this. It's very just, creepy. Just to be 100% clear, it sucks. Yeah, um, the action arc is also the objectifying fourteen-year-olds arc. Unfortunately, um, the uh, so yeah, so the boys are are uh, selling photos of Oscar. This also does give us a in in certain points of view uh, little glimpses of what Oscar's life is like now that she is in Japan, um, where. All the boys are like flocking to her, leaving her like love letters in her locker, and the other girls in the class are very, very jealous of her. Um, to which Asuka pays them no mind. Um, so uh, she she comes asking after Shinji about uh, Ray, like where she is and how um, Ray doesn't really uh, hang out with with anybody. She's kind of off on her own. Um, that she she doesn't want to be friends with Asuka, uh, that she'll only do it if she's ordered to, which kind of gives you a glimpse into uh, her, sort of her demeanor in this whole situation. She is just kind of here. She goes to school. She goes to school because she has to. She does well in it because she has to, and she is friends with the other children because if she's ordered to do it, at least she will do it. Um, uh, at headquarters, uh, Kaji meets with Ritsuko um, and uh, tells her that a, a you know she he is very flirty. He is incredibly flirty with all of the women, but especially uh, Ritsuko and Masato. And uh, I believe he says something in the line of a woman with a a mole on her cheek is destined to always have heartbreak or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. It's like a it's a never-ending tears uh, kind of thing, which uh, I don't know. What, what <laughs> What's going to happen to Ritsuko? She seems like the most normal one. <laughs> she, totally. She's totally the most normal person here. Um, Ritsuko is uh, very, I guess, used to this sort of behavior from Kaji. It's, it very immediately becomes apparent that they've known each other for a long time as well. Um, and that, uh, he notes that Masato isn't going to appreciate him acting like this with her, uh, to which we see Masato get very angry as she is looking in on Ritsuko's office. 
Masato demands to know why Kaji is still here. He, he says that he's on loan um, and that they should all, you know, go out and hang out when uh, they are interrupted by the alarm that an angel is approaching. Uh, so we are, we are greeted to the seventh angel, Israfel, um, and we very quickly learn what its ability is when Shinji and Asuka are, are sent out together to, to try and take down this angel. Um, Asuka very quickly charges it with her spear and bisects the angel, to which it then uh, revives itself as two separate entities. It kind of does like a quick transformation. The way that the, like, the shots of like the transformation happens with like the, the core kind of swapping out for like a little face mask kind of deal, I could see that happening on like a tokusatsu live action like Ultraman mm-hmm. suit. Like them doing that sort of shot where like they kind of swap out the the side of it so it becomes a new creature. Like the way that it's shown in the show and how it's I could see it in my mind's eye. Yeah. It it doing that. That that insert insert shot of like, okay, we're gonna roll this bowling ball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Underneath some latex. Um Do you have any info for the angel? I certainly do. Uh they are named after the messenger of music and resurrection, uh, which which makes sense as we go along with the episode, resurrection mm-hmm. for this for the splitting in two, uh, and in Jewish Kabbalah and Islamic culture, uh, this angel is in charge of blowing the trumpet on the day of judgment. Oh, so this is, so we we're, we're going to have a very musical episode uh, on the on the back half. So this name is very fitting. Um, I didn't catch this when I watched it, but looking up information. Uh, so Nerve uh, gives nicknames to the two halves of Israel, Israfel, mm-hmm. uh, Ko and Otsu. Um, and these are apparently the equivalent uh, to like A and B. Um, and it's kind of, uh, I found a few different things on it. So it's Ko and Otsu uh, come from the series of heavenly stems. And these are 10 kanjis that correspond to the days of the decades in which the month of the year were divided in ancient Japan. So sort of, a, a, this combined with, uh, there was, there were other, like 12 other kanjis mm-hmm. or six other kanjis. They, they, it was a sort of an ancient, uh, a, a ye old way of telling time. Um, gotcha. Okay. And then Koenotsu, uh, and the heavenly stems were actually used in, Japanese Imperial Army Air Force identifications for planes as well. Oh. As sort of like a, they'd have a number and then another, as sort of another designation uh, for any small uh, change. That, uh, so, 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 so makes sense within, within the culture and also from a military standpoint. Um, again, these otaku. <laughs> <laughs> Putting in detail for nicknames for two for two little paramecians that dance. Yeah, uh, I, I I saw like I've watched the episode a couple times, and I, I saw that information on in when I was looking up like trying to find some more facts and, and things like that for the episode. Um, so one of the times I watched it, I looked and I saw it there. It's on the screen for like maybe a second. Mm-hmm. 
and they they have gone like this deep into like making sure all like the little stuff that flashes on the screen is super detailed and it has all this kind of like meaning and everything like once again Anno and his crew just jam pack the screen with information that unless you're really looking for it you may never catch it they know well they like they know the people watching are they're they're going yes. frame by frame the the people that are watching it are the people like them that go frame by frame, <laughs> like you're saying. So Israfel handily defeats units one and two. Um, so handily, in fact, that uh, we don't even get to see it happen. We we cut to the aftermath where um, everybody is in a debriefing with uh, Fuyutsuki. Um, the, the right-hand man of Gendo. Um, and we, we're, we get these shots of, of Israfel and its two halves. We also get shots of the aftermath of the Avas, where they are just in the ground, both legs straight <laughs> up in the air. Um, surreal Looney Tunes sort yes. of uh, antics. Uh, and then we see that they used uh, an N2 charge and into mine on Israfel to halt it in place, um, which apparently destroyed about 28% of its body and halted it. So now it has to regenerate over the week um, so that they can uh, continue their rampage. But it gives the team some time to put together a plan. Um, that plan, as we soon learn, is that Asuka is now living <laughs> In Masato and Shinji's apartment. Um, Shinji learns this by opening his door to his room to find nothing but, um, uh, I think what I think it's HLD boxes, mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. DHL, um, with Asuka's name, uh, her signature on all of the boxes. Um, Asuka taunts him about basically being kicked out, to which Masato's like, no, no, no. You're going to be living together, and our plan is is that you have to do everything simultaneously so that you can destroy the angel together. Um, which begins our um, our sitcom like <laughs> antics for the rest of the episode, where um, they dress the same, they eat the same, they have to wear headphones. With synchronized music, um, they. <laughs> when I say they dress the same, it's it's down to having to wear like dance leotards with like little cut off uh, <laughs> dance shirts. By g- like by God, they're fashionable <laughs> if they're gonna train. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, so we we get some some of their antics as they kind of slowly begin. To work together, uh, Toji and Kensuke drop by along with um, Akari, the class president. Oh, Hikari, sorry, Hikari stops by, um, who has come to visit Asuka. Um, they are all shocked, first of all, that it turns out Asuka and Shinji are living together, um, and that uh, they are synchronized like they are. Um, Masato explains the whole situation to everybody and they try to do some like light up um, 
Twister almost. It's it's very similar to like a, a DDR kind of thing. Like they have like almost like like a karaoke machine kind of thing that goes out onto like a floor mat that each of them have that like lights up and they're supposed to like time it with the music to touch the lights as they light up. Um, to which uh, they they just they're not syncing up. They start fighting. So Masato is like, all right, Ray, why don't you get in there while Asuka, you come over here. And Ray and Shinji sync up perfectly. (laughs) Excuse me. Uh, Ray and Shinji sync up perfectly, which, like, humiliates Asuka, and she has to run off. Um, Which makes Hikari very mad that Shinji made a girl cry, even though... It's not like it's his fault. <laughs> yeah, go go after her. Yeah. Um, so Shinji goes to, I guess, try and apologize. But um, Asuka kind of realizes that, no, she, she wants to, like, work better at it. And so they begin trying to, like, synchronize um, then. Uh, the night before the fight, uh, was there anything you wanted to add in here? There, uh, we'll get through this because the manga okay. is very different, and uh, I okay, wanna, uh, I'll, I'll hold my remarks. Okay, so the night before the battle, um, Masato has to go out and work late, so she's not going to be home until early, early in the morning. Um, Asuka decides that this is her chance to like sleep in her own room for once. I believe she goes into uh, Masato's room, which is connected to Shinji's. But um, she calls the the door between the two the walls of Jericho, and <laughs> she's a mark because she's a mark. Break the walls! Yeah. <laughs> she did the fountain ponytail. She's got the sparklers <laughs> going. Why to Oscar? Why to Langley? <laughs> It's, I know they love their biblical references, but mm-hmm. it's like, this is the, I, I think the impenetrable walls of Jericho. Yes. Um, those bad boys came down after a week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They just blew some horns. Oops. They played the brown note, but for walls. Oh, no. Anyway, here's Wonderwall. <laughs> They're like, you know what? You can have this place. You can have Jericho. But uh, getting back to the actual episode, uh, I can make a million Christian right Jericho. Uh, it's it's uh, is this episode on your list? Is the question <laughs> <laughs> the Ocho, <laughs> the Ocho Chris Oscar Langley Soryu. Um, so in the middle of the night, Oscar sleep walks uh, into Shinji's room. Uh, and falls asleep on the futon next to her. Um, Shinji uh, gets an eyeful, and um, having never been quite so close to... Well, no, hold on. I was going to say, having never been quite so close to a girl before, but he did fall on Ray a few episodes ago. Um, but there's just something sh- about Ray that, you yeah. know... There's just something about Ray. Um, but Shinji sees that, you know... Asuka's, like, asleep. Um, He's very close to her face, and he thinks about 
going to, like, kiss her in her sleep. No. Bad. Wrong, Shinji. No. But he does not stop until he sees her begin to cry in her sleep and call for her mother. Um, So Shinji just immediately (laughs) grabs his blanket and goes sleeps on the other side of the room, uh, calling her just a child as well, um, considering that she thinks so highly of herself uh, previously. Um, At headquarters, (laughs) Kaji is being very gross and kissing Masato against her wishes. Um, What a creep. Every, yeah, every guy in this show, except for the, uh, the control room crew. Oh, yes. Except for the guy that plays air guitar. Yes. Kind of sucks. I think Fuyutsuki is okay-ish. Kind of a jerk, but he's professional as far as we know. Yes, professional. He's not assaulting women mm-hmm. in the elevators. Um, but uh, Masato manages to to break free. And, you know, uh, there's some teasing between uh, mostly Kaji towards towards Masato. Um, and then Ritsuko, again, teases her about their, their previous relationship. Um, but the day of the battle finally arrives, to which... Uh, Asuka and Shinji launch their coordinated assault against Israfel, um, which we get a lovely uh, AMV, basically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we get a timer pop up on the screen that's uh, three minutes, which is the amount of uh, time that they have, along with battery power, to to destroy the core of Israfel. Um, and we get to see a very lovely uh, synchronized battle where they avoid the attacks of Israfel handily, come back at it with its their own uh, weapons and such and uh, it combines and then decombines giving them a chance to attack its core with a, a double Inazuma kick um, a, a, a lovely standby from Ano's past uh, yeah it's they, they double rider kick the the <laughs> angel defeating it but it's not without some cost in that they end up in a lump together uh, and begin bickering about whose fault it was that they they botched the landing, having defeated the angel. Uh, and yeah, that's that's pretty much it for both of you. Dance like you want to win. Yeah, just a, a what a great like last few minutes of of an episode. Yes. The, the the synchronized fight is probably one of the most iconic bits of, of Evangelion, I think. Doing backflips. They're both just mm-hmm. shooting, <laughs> just machine gunning this thing. Um, this, uh, so in, in, in the manga, this episode takes up almost all of one volume of the oh, manga. Wow. It, it's, they're pretty in-depth with it. So I'll go back a little bit on it because in the manga, Asuka is actually introduced. Uh, the The boys don't meet her uh, in in the ocean. Uh, the fight she has with go blue blue blue. <laughs> the 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 fight she has with Jaws, the Jaws uh-huh, angel. Uh-huh. Um, she has by herself. <clears throat> and the manga starts with uh, Ritsuko. Masato watching over footage. And they're like, hey, the, the second 
the third, second child, third child, second child is coming because Shinji's the third. Yes. Yes. Asuka's the second child. Um, and they actually meet her in an arcade playing a crane game uh, where she also beats up a bunch of like 90s anime punks. Just 10 pages of her beating up dudes. And, that, All right. and that's where they meet. And then this episode has a has a few differences in it. Or uh, so Asuka is not moved in yet with uh, Shinji, Shinji and Masato. Um, but when they have to train together, uh, they have like their own room in uh, in Nerve headquarters. Like they have two twin beds. They just have to share the same room and live there. Um, Shinji is not a creep <laughs> in mm-hmm. in the manga. Uh, he just overhears her saying mama in her sleep, in her own bed. Um, and we also get more of the first fight uh, that they have with uh, Israfel. Mm. Um, you actually, it, it's not, I do love in the episode, the the just, you know, we're definitely going to win. We're going to win this fight. Cut to <laughs> them with their legs up in a hole. Uh, so you get, you actually see the action of them getting in those holes. Um, and then, uh, throughout this volume of the manga, at least, Asuka has this. Asuka is very two faced in the sense mm-hmm. that it's more prominent of if Masato, uh, Keiji, if any adult is around, uh, she like she acts sweet, soft. She she just acts like she acts like how she thinks she's supposed to act. It's just very mm-hmm. polite. And as soon as all the adults are gone and she's with Shinji, she's just Asuka, as opposed to, I think here in the, in the anime, it's mainly just like, no, Asuka's just going to be Asuka the whole time. Yeah, she, she tries to play all nice and sweet with Kaji, but for the most part, she's, she's pretty unbridled around everybody. Yeah, and then like in it, and towards uh, the back half of this manga volume, um, like Shinji will call it out <laughs> and she kind of stop like, and she gets more comfortable with everyone. Uh, I think the manga shows, I, I think because you spend more time with doing more character things in the manga, um, it's really, it's easier to see the progression that Asuka has of like, Oh, she is letting her guard down. And that sort of dual personality, that's more of like a defense mechanism that comes down uh, as she like, Makes friends with not like gets along better with with not just Shinji but like also Ray. Um, but yeah, uh, from here on out, I will say that uh, the manga is gonna it's really gonna start deviating from the from the show. Is what I found yeah. so far. Yeah, uh, I think I think it kind of condenses and and then expands in, in certain areas. Um, like I don't think we even get all of the angels that are in the show in the manga. Yeah, uh, the next two episodes are not represented <laughs> in the manga. <laughs> not not really. Definitely not the next two angels. Uh, Magma. Right. Uh, yeah, the next episode, nowhere to be found. I do want to point out that apparently the, the Walls of Jericho line um, is also a reference to It Happened One Night, a pre-code film uh, from 1934 featuring uh, Claudette Colbert and Clark Gable. Um, it's a romantic comedy, and it, the the walls of Jericho is kind of a similar situation, where it is a a blanket that is put up in the room that the two are sharing. Um, so that is uh, 
a little nod there. Let's move on to the next episode, episode 10, Magma Diver, also known as Magma Diver. <laughs> uh, I had to try very hard not to do it as a Holy Diver Dio-esque uh, pronunciation there, but... Uh, so this is probably one of the most like fan service heavy episodes. Hamana Hamana. Yep. <laughs> um, that was not an excited Hamana Hamana. That was an exasperated no, Hamana Hamana. Just no. to clarify. Yep. Um, so this one was directed by Suyoshi Kaga and Hiroyuki Ishido. Um, yes. Uh, written by Hideaki Anno and Akio Satsukawa. And storyboarded by Tsuyoshi Kaga and Hideaki Anno. So, the basic premise is that while the cats are away, the mice will fight an angel in a volcano. <laughs> the kids in school think that they are all going on to a school trip to Okinawa. So Asuka has taken Kaji to go buy her a bathing suit. She she questions Kaji about like where his school trip was when you know he was in school, and he says that he didn't have one because it was the second impact, um, which makes me realize. And I think they mentioned a couple episodes here that uh, basically the second impact generation is the millennials of the world. Yeah, I I was having that thought as well, like watching over these episodes. It's like, now follow me here. Mm -hmm. Shinji, Asuka, and Rei are basically kids born after 9-11. They they are Gen Z. They are Gen Z, um, literally, because they're born in 2000, um, or they're close to. Uh, But yeah. With their TikToks and their Evangelions. <laughs> Back home, Asuka is very angry when she learns that none of the pilots can go on the trip because they have to be on standby for an angel attack. Um, Shinji just kind of expected this. Um, and, you know, it just pisses off Asuka even more. So Masato says that even if they could go, they, they need to stay and study anyway because your report cards come directly to me even if you tried to hide them and you're not doing great in school so um oscar asks, like hey why don't we just go and attack the angels where they they live where they come from and masato says they don't know where that is they just kind of appear and that they would if they could but they can't so go do your homework <laughs> um we get a loving shot of a plane pulling away and like the ghostly after images <laughs> of their classmates waving goodbye um, at the pool. Yeah, I guess in Nerve headquarters. Uh, I'm assuming um, Shinji is studying while Asuka and Ray go swimming. Um, Asuka does the worst job ever of trying to flirt or tease Shinji by talking about thermal expansion, which is one of the things that he is studying. I think <sighs> I. I in the in in the anime, it's also like it, this is a point where we also find out that she graduated college already. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that she got bad grades because her Japanese is not great. She, it's difficult for her to read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, 
there's some uh, thermal expansion. Thermal expansion. It comes up a couple times. Um, Asuka, again, does the worst job ever at trying to flirt and saying that if I put my hands on my breasts, would they go larger or smaller if they got heated? Um, which just embarrasses Shinji. And uh, he, you know, cloisters himself away, which just kind of bores Asuka. Um she she's constantly trying to get attention from the other two, Shinji and Rei, but primarily Shinji. We then get confirmation that they have found the eighth angel, Sandalfon. Sandalfon? Sandalfon. Sandalfon. Oh, that's fun. That's a good way to say it, I think. Sandalfon, uh, in uh, the crater of Mount Asama, which is um, a a centralized. Uh, volcano in the Honshu region of Japan, the the main large island. Um, it is actually a fairly active volcano uh, in our current time period. Um, <laughs> our current time period of 2023, <laughs> which is like eight years past uh, when the show is taking place. <sighs> but uh, so they they have found an egg or an embryo of an angel and decide to uh, capture it. So, uh, the, the, the kids are, are scrambled to, to uh, capture the, the angel embryo. Um, Asuka volunteers for it, in fact, but once seeing um, the, the heat-resistant equipment that has been placed on her Ava, she tries to, to back out of it, um, saying that it has made her Evangelion fat. Um, she also has to put on an altered plug suit, which also does the same thing. When she presses a button, she inflates. Just batting a thousand this episode. Oh. <laughs> the episode that launched a thousand fetishes. Exactly, yes. Yeesh. Um, so they, they eventually, uh, they they get Asuka to do it by saying that Ray will will volunteer in her place, which Asuka can't have that. She can't have that. So uh, she gets lowered into the volcano while we see a scene of Kaji and a mysterious woman on like a um, not a ski lift but like a ski tram going up a mountain, I believe. Um, discuss the dangers of the mission. Um, it appears that Kaji is having some contacts outside of Nerve. Ooh. Um, while they 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 begin the mission, Oscar uh, is notified that hey, if they mess up here, uh, the UN is just going to destroy the mountain with an N two mine on Gendo's orders. Uh, once again, echoing our our scene from the pool, Oscar uh, uh, calls for Shinji to watch her dive into the uh, the magma. Uh, she does like a little leg split, giant step, kind of like scuba dive, um, and is constantly lowered into the volcano. The pressure's building and building and building. Um, Masato approaching the suit far beyond its radio capacities, uh, where they eventually do find the, uh, the angel egg that when it is put inside of its electromagnetic cage that they have brought, uh, suddenly grows and hatches and becomes the 
the lava shark like uh, creature. Um, I don't know if I've ever actually been able to tell what Sandalfon looks like in the actual episode. There are pictures of it. Um, in the episode, yeah, I'm like, I, I guess I just I only remember a weird shape. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sandalfon, uh, we we can get into this. Uh, so it is so the fictional so the name alludes to San Dauphin, uh, which in the Judeo-Christian mysticism is the angel of embryos and unborn children, which did not know there was a specific angel for that. Well, now there's not because the Pope said no more purgatory babies. That's true. This angel's out of a job. <laughs> there are still unborn children in embryo. Yeah, yeah. If you didn't know that, dear listener, now you do. The At some point, either the current pope or the previous pope said, no, you know what? There's no more unborn children in purgatory. Yeah, maybe babies should just go to heaven. Um, <laughs> well, this angel uh, is, does not resemble a baby. Uh, so, it resu- so from the f- images online, mm-hmm. uh, and some folks are like, what well, resembles like a dab or I guess a flounder. It's like mm-hmm. one of those weird flat fishes with the weird eyes on its side. Yeah. 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 Uh, hold on. A... You know, Gen Z's favorite arm movement. Mm-hmm. A dab. Cause he's is a dab millennial or Gen Z who, who, who came up with it? I feel like that's more of a Gen Z thing. It's, I think so. I think that's early. He's okay. So hold on. Okay. I think it's technically, Technically, it's a millennial thing that Gen Z has like made it their own as like a like a thing. Because I want to say that the reason it's called a dab is because of the pot. <laughs> it's how it's, you dab. Yes, because when you when you do a dab, which is a type of marijuana, a style a style of marijuana, mm-hmm. um, it is very intense. And it makes you cough a lot. So you do sort of like the, the dab arm motion, like coughing into your arm because it's so intense. That, I believe, is how this has been explained to me. I do not this, know that if that is true. I'm, you, found, you sound authoritative enough. I'm, gonna, uh, I'm willing to believe you. If, you know what, listener? Correct me. Write in. Tweet at us. Email us. Let me know if we're wrong. But... Yeah, so that arm motion has been then picked up by Gen Z and made it the whole thing that it, it is today, even though I don't think anybody dabs anymore. I think they realized they needed something to do when they flipped a water bottle. Yeah, that's 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 the real story there. <laughs> anyway. But this dab but this dab um has little bits of like trilobite and also whatever uh, a creature from the Cambrian period called an Anomalocaris. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, basically an ancient, extinct little lobster guy. Um, and apparently the inspiration came from an NHK special that aired called Life, a long journey of four billion years. So he's just the he he's a he wasn't a rock. <laughs> he was a rock lobster. A molten rock lobster. Yes. Uh, Anomalcarius, by the way, means abnormal shrimp. Mm. Oh, that's so good. 
It is an anomaly shrimp. That's that's an improv team name if I've ever heard one. Is that normal <laughs> shrimp? We just need a suggestion to get started. Um, a volcano. <laughs> yeah, that that's that. So that's 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 the skinny on Sandalfon. Good, nice. Um, so Sandalfon erupts out of the cage and begins attacking Oscar. To which um, she tries to attack it with her um, progressive knife that snaps and is lost. So Shinji has to throw her uh, his knife. Um, she again uh, tries to use it, but it does not work against the super hard shell of the angel. Um, so she remembers thermal expansion. <laughs> Um, and rips the coolant hose from her suit and blasts uh, Sandalfon, her, and then she jabs it with a knife to, to in the weakened spot. Um, uh, the angel, however, in its dying breath, uh, snaps the cable that she is tied to, but uh, Shinji in Unit 1 just dives right in to, to pick her up um, and rescues her. Uh, later at a nearby hot spring because they're, uh, they might as well relax a little bit. Um, Kaji has sent Pen Pen via free, uh, like cooler mail, uh, to do the, the onsen where everybody's relaxing. Um, uh, in the bath, Shinji is relaxing with Pen Pen when he hears Masato and Asuka doing the stereotypical anime thing, um, making suggestive comments about touching each other, and Shinji gets a boner. <laughs> I'm like, how's he How's he going to play this? <laughs> it, it's just, he says, oh, thermal expansion yeah, when when Pen Pen sees his boner. Pen Pen is a guest. A guest. Pen, um, <sighs> Pen Pen is cognizant enough. Yes. And aware Pen Pen, of you. Pen Pen recognizes what that is. <laughs> He hates it. As we all do. As we all do. Um, we cut to the other side, the, into the women's bath, where we see that um, Masato has a very large scar on her her chest. Um, that uh, when Asuka asks about it, she says that she got it during the second impact. Um, Asuka then asks her about, "Hey, like you you know about my past, don't you?" And Masato says, "That's it's all ancient history." Um, and that's, that's pretty much it. Um, we do get a little bit of, of some, what, what the crew does, what the nerve crew does when there's not, uh, an angel attack going on. So we see, uh, Makoto Hyuga, the, the guy with the glasses, short hair glasses, reading some manga. Uh, Maya Ibuki, uh, is reading, uh, some romance novels. And Shigeru Alba is he's just jamming on some air guitar. They're just, just hanging out just it's a slow day at work. Uh-huh. Reading a book. Exactly. I feel like this one is so much more the monster of the week out of some of the other ones. Uh, especially with like, and I know it's a reference to more like Ultraman Tokusatsu sort of thing. Of mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. hey, we're going to learn this science fact and this science fact is actually going to help us defeat the monster later on. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. But maybe out of the four, maybe my least favorite for various reasons. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever met anybody that really likes Magma Diver that much. Um, I will say that I think the animation style, because it, it shifts a little bit every episode, um, depending on who's in charge, who's doing like the animation direction, that kind of stuff. The animation style in this episode reminded me a lot of Nadia. Like, I think just the way that the characters look, mm-hmm. how kind of like more rounded they all are. Yeah, the Yeah, they're they're a little, they're a wee bit off model. Yeah. Uh, not as um, lithe. Yeah. Yeah, they don't quite have the same like um, Satomoto edge to them. Um, but yeah, so that's just like one of the, the main things I kind of noticed throughout this episode. It's just the kind of. It, it doesn't stand up to something like Oscar Strikes or, or something mm-hmm. like that in terms of animation. Um, honestly, my favorite bit of it was when she was diving into the volcano. It, it's very good. I do like that bit a lot. It's it's very it's very kiddy in a way. It makes <laughs> you realize how wait she is just like, you know, a 14 year old girl um, and especially like attention hungry. Yeah. 14 year old girl. So like. Yeah, no, it, yeah, I agree. And the, I love, I love, uh, okay, we're just gonna, we're trying to get to a certain depth and we're just gonna start naming, we're just gonna start counting numbers. Mm hmm. And everyone's gonna be real tense because just so everyone knows, we're past the, the tested limit of how mm-hmm. far down mm-hmm. we should go. When are we gonna get this? When are we gonna find this angel? And I'm like, yeah, that's the good stuff. That's, yeah. Uh, a few little things that I found mm-hmm. interesting. Sandalfin. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the the sort of the first noise we get from that angel is actually is actually an infant cry they, that they manipulated. Yes, I think that is only in the English dub. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Did you watch the the dub of the sub? Uh, I was well. subbing. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, I know it is noted on some of the episode notes that it is in the English dub version, but if it's in the sub as well, then I guess they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> this isn't, I'm like, I think I remember there being a sound. The internet told me there's a weird sound. Mm-hmm. Um, Masato has switched her brand of beer. Mm-hmm. Um, she now drinks Boa brand beer instead of Yabisu. Uh, because I guess Yabisu was not paying. <laughs> yeah, the network doesn't want branded stuff on there unless they pay. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I get it. That's why you have to go to Whack Donald's. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Get your get your Somi music player. <laughs> also, here's what I... F- I was today years old when I found out <laughs> that there was a pen and paper RPG for Neon Genesis Evangelion. You know, I'm not that surprised, especially if it was like one of those um, like third edition D&D splat books like they did with like Trigun, I think. it. From what I saw, it didn't seem like it was based on like uh, its own system. It's, it, this seems clearly like a like a Japan only release. Doesn't seem like it was translated. Mm, mm, mm. Um, I guess it was a card based game. <laughs> Huh. And you got little punch cards. Um, but there's a lot, you know, in all these uh, 
RPG books based on uh, other IPs. There's usually a lot of lore they throw in. Um, And so within the RPG, some of the lore that they suggest is that there are larval angels hidden all around the world. Uh, And I guess the official encyclopedia on the series. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this links it to the Book of Enoch, in which the word heaven actually refers to Earth. Uh, This episode, what it's postulating is that essentially this episode is like, oh yeah, angels, they're just like us. They, They are from Earth. Kind of. Do you know what that's worth? Ooh, baby, the angels are from Earth. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, that kind of makes sense, especially when we get to uh, episode 12. uh, When when the angel shows up, it's over the Indian Ocean. So I can see it being like somewhere on the planet and then it like activates and then tries to get to um, Mm. nerve headquarters. Um, it's just, it's the thing that I love in RPG books with their lore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will ignore most games lore. Uh-huh. But if there's like, there are little nuggets of like, this might be a thing. I'm like, oh, ho, ho, do tell. I'm I'm interested mm-hmm. in exploring this. So for like season eight, when we run this RPG, it's going to be a lot of new angels dormant across the earth. Hell yeah. It's um it's like how, you know, ninety percent of like Star Wars expanded canon just comes from the West End RPG. Yeah, they where they just literally hand their novelist this book. Yeah. Yeah, they handed them the RPG books if they wanted any information or like things to use in it. It's just pull from here, it's fine. Now they got Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Just several entries on JIS. Jizz canon, jizz legends. That's a type of music for those that don't know. Space jazz. You please. It's called jizz. So anyway, episode 11. Um, Oh, I had a... a, There is one manga thing I wanted to uh, bring up because it happens before the next... Kind of happens before the next episode. Um, Mm -hmm. So here... uh, so the beginning of next episode, we have Shinji calling Gendo, asking him to go to like a parent teacher conference, essentially, or like yeah, a yeah, career yeah. day. It's like, Shinji, no, come on. <laughs> God bless you for trying. Um, so that is a different phone call in the manga. Um, what it is is Shinji is like, hey, do you know what tomorrow is? And Gendo throws him off or pushes him aside, hangs up on him. Uh but uh, it's actually the anniversary of Shinji's mom's death. Uh, so the next day he goes to a, uh, a graveyard uh, where the, there, you know, there's a headstone, but nobody. I wonder why. Um, but Gendo is actually there. Uh, and so Shinji and Gendo have this like kind of eight page sort of talk. And Gendo's like essentially saying, you need to stand on your own. Uh, only infants need parents. Uh, stop trying to look for me. Uh, go be by yourself and you'll be a strong person. All right, I'm going to hop in my chopper. Peace. And so like, it's a weird, it's to me, it was like this weirdly sentimental, uh, thing between Shinji and Gendo because you don't, you 
barely get any interaction between the two. And so this was, I don't know. It, it, it felt like, oh, this is kind of actually nice of Gendo. Mm-hmm. Uh, to just try and cut Shinji off in like a horrible way. Yeah, like he, he doesn't know how to actually respond or like handle a child, but he is trying to do something of a right thing just very badly. Yeah, just super poorly. And then afterwards you do get a cuz a uh, Shinji earlier in the in the chapter goes to Ray. Uh they have tea together. It's she doesn't know how to make tea cuz she's never made it, but she knows it's the things that people should do. Mm-hmm. Um and Shinji I Shinji's just trying to get the skinny on his dad. Like, well what do you talk about? And then towards the end of that episode or cha- of that chapter Ray is essentially like I don't know him either. Her internal monologue's like, I don't know him either. He just asked me about school and like work. That's all we talk about. Mm. Uh, he's also a mystery to me. Um, so good. So like, again, some interesting character things in the manga. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think there's for the manga. There definitely gets to be a lot more like getting into like the characters and how their their interactions and more backstory and stuff like that at, you know, at the expense of, more angel fights, monster of the week kind of stuff. Mm. But it's a, no, I'm liking, I'm liking this, uh, this split that's currently happening. Cause I think, yeah. cause like if, if you're going to put your story in another medium, like, yeah, go for it, go mm-hmm. mix it around. Yeah. And, and like Sadamoto has said, this is like his version. Like it's not based on anything other than like the core material of Evangelion. So it's, it's his version of, of executing the story. Mm. So, Let's move on to episode 11, In the Still Darkness, also known as The Day Tokyo 3 Stood Still. Uh, a very obvious reference to The Day the Earth Stood Still. Um, directed by Tetsuya Watanabe, written by Hideaki Anno and Yoji Enokido, and storyboarded by Masayuki. Um, so this episode is interesting because we get a lot of like downtime with our our cast and crew of the nerve headquarters um the episode actually just opens up with ritsuko uh maya and alba doing their laundry (laughs) uh and then uh running into commander fuyutsuki on the train this is also where we learned that apparently the magi the three supercomputers that help run nerve also run the city and that the city council is just basically like a figurehead that just goes along with whatever the Magi, uh, like comes up for them. Uh, Maya and, and Ritsuko and Fuyutsuki all seem like very impressed by this, but Alba is just like, Oh man, these tech people, what a bunch of weirdos. (laughs) Yeah. Too, too Um, many people are cool with this. Yeah. Yeah. Too many people are cool with this. It's, it's a good thing nothing like this would ever happen in the real <laughs> world. Uh, Ritsko also mentions that they will be doing activation tests on the updated version of Unit Zero today, um, and that uh, she's looking forward to it. Uh, she's very excited about having some very good test results, which Fuyutsuki is impressed by. Cut to Ritsko at the test, yelling for the unit to be shut down. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was a very funny uh, transition there. Um, 
she points out that there's some issues with like the synchronization, I believe, on the unit. They point out like one particular like chain that uh, is causing an issue on the screen. Um, and then we get to see <laughs> probably the most, once again, another great, um, very, yeah, no, I get that feeling kind of scene with Masato where she is in the elevator and she sees and hears Kaji running for it and she just very stoically presses the close button like she does not want to deal with this. But he manages to um, sneak in right at, this, right at the, the, the zero second to get inside. Um, they, they, they bicker a little bit uh, and they go off on their merry way. Um, Gendo gets a call from Shinji, like you mentioned, where they... Uh, Shinji is trying to get something about a, a career discussion, PTA kind of thing. Um, but Gendo quickly replies that, like, hey, don't bother me with this. All that kind of stuff is delegated to Masato. Um, and then the phone line cuts out. Masato and Kaji on the elevator realize that it suddenly stops working, and then the power fails, and they're trapped in the darkness. Um, uh, they They begin to think that it may have been caused by the unit zero test, but um, we very quickly uh, realize that no, it is probably some sort of sabotage by an outside agent. Um, as this is happening, we get the emergence of the ninth angel, Matariel. Um, not not too much on Matariel, uh, just a weird daddy long legs with a bunch mm-hmm, of eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the Book of Enoch... Uh, they are described as the angel of rain, which makes sense because uh, as because of its attack, as we'll see. Yes, um, it does also again have a kind of very Nadia look to it. I think the, the eye kind mm-hmm. of motifs reminds me of very late game, late game, late <laughs> season Nadia uh, characters. Um, oh yeah, yeah the the eye. Yeah, the eye motif throughout throughout all the. I mean, these angels are chock full of eyes. Uh, They're chock full of them, and, it, and it's definitely just more of a biblically accurate <laughs> angel <laughs> sort of motif. Yeah, yeah, no, like as as kind of tried and true as that that phrase has become in recent <laughs> years, it is true. Like different types of angels would have different amounts of eyes and wings, and or just be stuff, wheels. Like halos. Wheels, yeah. Some of them would look like people. Some of them wouldn't. It's yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot going on there. Um, but yeah. Um, so as the 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 power has gone out, Fuyutsuki gets emergency power to uh, Central Dogma and the the Magi. Um, but uh, the the crew has now trying to figure out what exactly is going on. Uh, Shinji, Asuka, and Rei are all trapped outside of Nerve um, and have to break out their emergency manuals to uh, figure out what exactly to to do first. Um, It very, again, becomes another kind of sitcom situation where Asuka wants to become the leader, but Rei is the one that actually knows what they're doing. So it's a lot of chastising Ray and Shinji for doing what they're doing, but then secretly or not so secretly uh, doing what Ray suggests to a, to a degree. Um, 
or trying to play off any sort of like fumbles as, oh, I meant mm-hmm. to do that. Um, so they began trying to uh, like make their ways around the halls. They, they um, climb through like air vents, all sorts of stuff as they try to make their way to, to central dogma in uh, nerve headquarters. As Masato, as several of the people, Masato included, uh, try to call out of the elevator, um, they realize that the phone lines have all been cut as well. So again, they realize that the the nerve headquarters has been sabotaged. That somebody has has secretly gone and cut the power, cut the phone lines, and that um, they're not exactly sure what they should do. Most of the episode from here on out is them trying to get to central dogma they run into the angel at one point where they open the wrong door um i think probably like one of my favorite scenes in this episode is when we cut to the the leadership crew (laughs) at the the central dogma bridge and (laughs) they're talking about how the air is getting very stuffy now that the air conditioning is no longer moving the air around they comment on how calm cool and collected gendo and fuitsuki are and we very quickly cut to them. Fuyutsuki, I think, is standing in, like, a bucket of emergency fire water to, like, cool himself off. Uh, he's got, like, his, his shoes off, his pants mm. pulled up so he can stand in this bucket of water uh, and makes a comment that it's very hot in here. <laughs> to which Gendo goes, yes, it is. Um, it's just one of those things that kind of humanizes them a little bit. I thought it was very funny. Yeah, this is, it is just a bunch of bits <laughs> kind of mm-hmm, strung mm-hmm. together. Um, the the next big moment happens, though, is that when they realize the, the angel is on its way, uh, Gendo rallies a bunch of nerve staff to ready, to manually ready the Evangelions. Um, so we get to see, like, Gendo getting his hands dirty. He's pulling ropes, hauling stuff around with the, the, the crew to um, get the Avas ready, get the new plugs installed so that when the kids eventually show up, they can just get in and go, um, which is, you know, rather impressive. Shinji, eventually, when they land uh, in the Evangelion hangar, um, coming through some vents, um, he sees this happening, is very surprised. He's never seen his father act like this before. Um, So the crew gets ready. They get into their, their Avas. Um, and manually launch, um, mainly by actually physically pushing away like the gantries and everything like that that's in front of them, and then they like climb up and out um, to discover that the angel has been trying to melt into Central Dogma with its like acid uh, like tears, basically. So they uh, the crew comes up with a plan. Uh, Asuka actually manages to kind of show her expertise in such a matter where she comes up with a uh, a plan of attack after realizing that the uh, the acid will eat directly through their um, their avas. So one of them will block the acid with their AT field, while another ava will retrieve one of the guns for the uh, third ava to open fire and destroy the angel, um, which goes perfectly. Shinji uh, manages to land the the killing blow as uh, Ray goes on back up and Asuka uh, projects her AT field for defense. Um, Matario is destroyed and power is returned. Um, 
just in time for uh, Kaji and Masato to end up in an awkward position <laughs> as Masato was trying to climb up and out of the elevator. Um, the doors open, revealing Ritsuko, Hyuga, and Maya, who all react with disgust. Maya going so far as to say, sex fiends, in a disgusted tone in the English dub. Um, and then the episode ends with three pilots overlooking Tokyo 3. With the power out, they can comment and view all the stars. Um, and yeah, the power eventually begins to come back on. They talk about how it's kind of ironic that to see these stars, they have to turn off all the power. The power keeps them safe uh, as, as civilization rolls on. Um, they also talk about, this is a conversation that they had had previously while walking around the powerless uh, nerve headquarters was commenting on how they don't really know what the angels are or where they come from. Um, they again kind of speculate on this to which Oscar thinks there's no point in knowing they're, they, there's no real point. You just got to do what you got to <laughs> do. And yeah, that's pretty much it for the day Tokyo three stood still. A very fun episode. Uh, I think mm-hmm. that the fight in the, uh, what do you want to say? Tunnel, the hatch, the tube. Yeah, it's like a missile silo mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. Of just, well, we have to crawl up by hand and then mm-hmm. this orchestrated attack on the angel. Just so good, so fun. And you're you're on board with these kids. And even like Gendo and the rest of the crew, like just, all right, boys, we got to use a bunch of pulleys to get these robots ready. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's good inspirational stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's a, a very interesting, it's interesting to see Gendo really get his hands dirty like that in the like labor sense of the term, as opposed to like his sneaking Mm -hmm. and conniving, getting like parts of angels and and stuff like that. Um, Yeah. Um, It's also interesting to see that like for all her boasts and bluffing and all that, Oscar can actually come up with good plans, especially when it's like a, a combat kind of oriented plan. That's where she actually really excels. Mm -hmm. Um, Everything else is just sort of, again, a teenage girl looking for, like, attention and approval. So in the manga, uh, there, is a, there is a blackout in the same sort mm-hmm. of conclusion of, okay, what's, what's going to happen? So, but there's no angel. So there's no angel attack in this. Uh, and the blackout actually happens after. So uh, in the, if you think about the manga with the episodes, this episode and the next episode are swapped. Um, mm-hmm. Which I believe okay. was in the original pitch. Yes. So that would probably be why they're they're the same. Also in mine, it's Ray. I mean, it's it's Oscar. It's just Oscar and Shinji lost. I think they're mm. going off to find uh, Masato. Um, and then uh, Shinji and Oscar almost kiss. Oh. It's it's the weird like teenage thing of like. Oh, you've never been kissed before? What a what a loser. Well, I've never been kissed mm-hmm. either. Do you want to just do it and get it over with? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The stakes aren't as high <laughs> in the in the manga version. No, no one right. no one's yeah. crying acid. Um, so one thing I will note is that this episode was partially added by Studio Ghibli. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they they assisted assisted with the animation on this episode. So yeah, so that's that's something you actually see pretty frequently throughout this series and a lot of anime is that they'll have different 
studios come in to help with animation for just like little bits and pieces like an episode or parts of an episode that kind of stuff um especially when you have like this is as gainax is really kind of getting on its feet and becoming the powerhouse that it will be for a number of years so they they definitely had to outsource some some animation here and there so now we'll move on to our last episode which is episode 12 the value of miracles also known as she said don't make others suffer for your personal hatred. Directed by Hiroyuki Ishido, written by Hideaki Anno and Akio Satsukawa, and uh, storyboarded by Masayuki. So this episode, we actually get a lot of backstory. We start in the year 2000 with the second impact occurring. Um, we see Dr. Katsuragi carrying uh, her daughter, his daughter, Masato, uh, to an escape capsule. Um, and he's not doing so great, y'all. Um, <laughs> he is kind of coming apart, but uh, he manages to, to rescue Masato um, and then is obliterated by a mysterious creature, this howling angelic thing with four wings coming up out of... Uh, what used to be Antarctica wailing and crying as this, this sort of vortex of clouds surround it. We, we get to see from Sato's perspective as she is floating out in the Antarctic sea, looking at this, these columns of light of what this, whatever this being is, this thing that caused the second impact um, and holding the, the sort of plus sign style crucifix that was left to her by her father in the present day, uh, Toji and Kensuke come by uh, Masato's apartment to take shelter from the rain with Shinji. Um, they are being harassed by Asuka um, when uh, Toji notices the new uh, collar pins on Masato's jacket and congratulates her for getting a promotion to major. Uh, she thanks him and then reminds Shinji and Asuka that they have a harmonics test today. So, uh, At Nerve headquarters, uh, all three children are performing their harmonics test where Ritsuko uh, sees that Shinji's sync rate is increasing incredibly fast, um, saying that he'll soon catch up to Asuka's and that, you know, he seems just kind of like naturally like born for this. He's very talented inherently for this. It's just taking him some time for him to see that and kind of access that part of himself. This kind of irritates Asuka after hearing about it, who storms off. Because, again, she's a very insecure 14-year-old girl. I'm not saying that any of the other children aren't insecure. She's just very open mm -hmm. about it. When uh, everybody gets home, they find that Kensuke has arranged a party for Masato, uh, congratulating her for her, um, her promotion. Uh, Hikari is there, uh, invited by Asuka. So she has, you know, another girl her age to hang out with. Ray turned down the invitation, and Kaji is late, apparently. Masato and Shinji kind of have a little, a little side conversation while the boys and the girls are, are arguing with each other, um, where Masato notices how comfortable Shinji is, especially in a party situation like this. It's not something he's ever really had to do. Um, uh, Shinji kind of responds by asking her why she joined Nerve, um, and she claims to have forgotten. Um, Eventually, Kaji arrives, bringing Ritsuko with him, which uh, 
instantly causes Masato and Asuka <laughs> to react with jealousy. It's very cute. Um, uh, Kaji comments that the the nerve higher ups, Commander Akari and Fuyutsuki, must have a lot of confidence in her because they both left Japan together, leaving her in charge, which is something that has never happened before. Um, this also surprises Shinji. In Antarctica, we see uh, Gendo and Fuyutsuki on board an aircraft carrier in a, a blood-red sea, um, carrying a very large, like, encrusted device. Um, the, the ruins of Antarctica, uh, it's just columns of, like, salt and ice and a blood-red sea, um, just absolutely nightmarish. And Fuyutsuki comments on that, saying that it's just absolutely horrid, the things that have happened here, and that it's become the true Dead Sea of the world. I do really like this scene uh, of them mm-hmm. on the Dead Sea because I think it's a cool, it's a cool visual outside of, like, our normal Tokyo 3 uh, sort of setting. Just, like... More lore, more just like if this happens, then what's the result? And, and it's mm-hmm. it's it's just cool, I think, storytelling. Yeah, um, we, you also get a bit of sort of uh, philosophical conflict between Gendo and Fuyutsuki here. Like they have a bit of a not quite an argument, but the way that they're talking about all the things that have happened, Gendo seems a lot more kind of acknowledging, and I don't want to say happy but more kind of like it had to be this way about the whole situation while Fuyutsuki is much more um, sympathetic and kind of uh, distraught at the things that happened in Antarctica. Um, I just think that's that's kind of interesting that these two that are like always with each other, they, they're not always on the same page. Um, we then get a notification that the 10th Angel has been detected in Earth orbit. The tenth angel, Sahakuel. Two hands stuck together, a bunch of eyes. It's a giant sticky hand. <laughs> um, yeah, Sahakuel. Um, so it's the largest angel we see in the entire show. Mm-hmm. Just huge, just a huge, yeah, huge sticky hand. Uh, it's yeah, it's like a pair of sticky hands on a giant eye. It's it's, it's very cool. I think Sahakuel might be one of my my top angel designs. <laughs> Um, well, the name is one of the names of, I didn't know there were seven great archangels, but there are seven great archangels in the third book of Enoch. Um, and they are described as the guardian of the fourth heaven, prince of heaven, of a heavenly host attended by 496,000 myriads of ministering angels. Uh, and then that's a lot of homies. That's, <laughs> that's, we you got to drop a bunch of them to to see where nerve is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but the literal translation is ingenuity of God. The this was not the original angel for this episode. No, um, I didn't. I don't think I saw any designs unless you did. But uh, it was going to be some. Uh, yes, the there's a picture of uh, Sadamoto's original design for Hasak. Sahakuel. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very interesting. It's equally kind of like minimalistic, where it is basically um, the angel core, and then the body of it is basically like this ribbon that comes off of the sides of it. What if a ribbon had eyes mm-hmm. and could slice buildings? 
and a half. Uh, very cool design. Would be a nightmare to animate. Um, apparent, but also not just the uh, uh, redesign or a, a second design for Sahakwil. Uh, so apparently there is an angel called Turel, T-U-R-E-L, that means the rock of God. So I think... <laughs> oh. So Turel looks like a turret from Portal. Okay, yeah, I see that. And then he's got like an upside-down crab face on its bottom. So how I would describe this mm-hmm. is that the turret is, is, is accurate. It's more of um, like, a, a, like a knight's helm on the bottom. Yes. With a very tall top, like the crown of it goes very tall. Um, almost like a like a bishop's like hat or something along mm-hmm. those lines, um, and like along where like the chin to like the back of the head basically looks almost like a like a nautilus shell. Yes, uh, and then it's got a couple of like liberty spikes coming up the, <laughs> the sides there. Yeah, but yes, the the upper portion of basically from like the brow of what would be the head all the way up is like portal turret. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely saw like, oh, the big eye in the at the top. That's the eye. That's the eyeball. Mm-hmm. But it's got a again. A lot of the angel designs have these like weird false faces in them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, no, sorry, Terrell, <laughs> you didn't make the cut. Maybe next year. No, it's a very cool design. It just I don't I don't know if it really screams at me, Evangelion angel, but I do think it's a neat mm. design. So, uh, Sahakuel is in orbit, and it appears to be dropping bits of itself, um, or rather its AT field, onto Earth with very high kinetic energy to kind of destroy what is ever underneath it. It's trying to find a target, the, the, the team theorizes, um, and that if it gets even near Tokyo 3, um, it will try to plummet onto Nerve Headquarters and basically turn the entire region into another part of the Pacific Ocean. Masato orders all civilians within a 50-kilometer radius evacuated and comes up with a plan that she just kind of wings for the most part. She says that if all three Avas can get within uh, close enough to each other and extend their AT fields to full strength, they might be able to stop it and then destroy the angel. Um, Ritsuko, hearing this, accuses Masato of putting her own quest for revenge ahead of the mission and the safety of everybody, um, to which Masato sort of comes back at her saying that she is in charge, that this is her idea, her plan, and that she's going to she's gonna do it. Um, she briefs the, the children on the mission, and offers them all a chance to write a will, which they all three decline um, for different reasons. But, yeah. They don't have assets. They don't need yeah. a will. Yeah. Um, she then promises that if they succeed, she'll get a, they'll all get a steak dinner or her treat. Um, Ray declines because she doesn't like me. And uh, <laughs> Asuka and Shinji are both very uh, surprised at this offer. The, the the plan comes through. They're all three angel or all three Avas are going to be stationed within a Venn diagram of each other, 
uh, on the outskirts of Tokyo 3, that they'll all be able to get to one another one another fairly quickly, um, so that when the angel attempts to fall on them, they can one can start stopping it, and the other two can rush to meet them and try and take it out. Um, they ask her how she knows this is going to work, and she just says, intuition. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Shinji then warns Asuka that she plays the lottery a lot and she never wins. <laughs> um, on their way to the Avas, uh, Shinji asks Asuka why she pilots, um, with her replying that she wants to prove something. She wants to get the approval of the world. But when she asks him the same question, he doesn't have an answer. We then flash back to a scene um, earlier that Shinji Masato have had a conversation where she admits to him why she joined Nerve, uh, and that is to avenge her father. Um, she wants to avenge her father, even though he was apparently very neglectful to her and her mother, but he was still her father, and he still saved her when the second impact happened. So he want, she wants to be able to destroy these angels to kind of be rid of the memory of him. Uh, we then cut back to the beginning of the mission, where Sahakwiel begins to lower itself. Um, they determine the landing spot, and Shinji arrives first, racing through the countryside to to the hillside that Sahakwiel is trying to destroy. Extends his AT field to stop the angel, but is you know obviously under a lot of stress as this gigantic, gigantic angel is trying to crush him. Uh, Ray and Asuka very quickly arrive after and begin predicting their own AT fields with Ray cutting through the Angel's AT field, giving room for Asuka to come in with her knife to destroy its vulnerable core. Um, the, the Angel then self-destructs, causing a large amount of damage to the countryside, but not as much as it would have caused if it had landed on the planet. Um, we see the, the humongous explosion. We get to see the, the crater that leaves in its wake. It's it's truly horrifying, the amount of destruction that this thing caused, but it's not as bad as it possibly could have been. Um, in a debrief, uh, Gendo calls Masato along with the children, um, where Masato says that uh, she apologizes for the damage that, done, that was done to Unit 1, but Gendo praises her, says that she did well, and that uh, he specifically asked to talk to Shinji, where he tells him good work, which is probably the first time uh, he has ever told that to Shinji. Uh, later, the the children uh, reveal the place that they wanted to go, and it turns out to be a ramen shop. They realize that uh, Masato is doesn't make that much money, <laughs> so they'll gladly settle for some ramen, and that... Uh, this also allows Ray to come along. So they all put in their orders. Ray gets garlic ramen with no pork. Asuka is a monster and gets shark fin ramen. Um, and then I believe uh, an extra large shark yeah. fin ramen. Uh, I don't know if Shinji and Masato say what their orders are. I don't remember. I don't think so. I just the shark fin ramen always stuck out <laughs> to me. Uh, while they're talking or while they're eating, Shinji finally says, I know why. I want to be a pilot. It's because I want to hear words of praise from my father. To which Asuka calls him an idiot. Correct. 
Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I I think if you're gonna have a mech show where the mechs have these very articulate articulated hands, this is like the perfect episode to like show that off where it's like you got to use those mitts you got to catch this big eye Mm -hmm. and just fight through it's at field versus at field yeah yeah um yeah visually visually very a visual spectacle on on them catching it in the manga uh the Mm -hmm. this episode is sort of split up uh so we have the promotion and the party uh, happening earlier in the volume um and instead of like confiding in Shinji uh, about her uh, about Masato Mas- instead of Masato confiding in Shinji about like Masato's past her past it's with Kaji all the kids are asleep from sugar i don't know uh <laughs> Masato has drunk too much so they go for a little night stroll and she you know she we we learn more about their relationship or their, or their former romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, we learn about Masato's dad. And it's there's a line where she's like, Kaji, you kind of look like my dad. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. It's that thing. <laughs> um, and then, you know, it's about 100 more pages before we get to the, uh, yeah, before we get to the fight with Sahakwil. Um, but in that pretty much plays the same. So apparently, and this is the a little bit of the notes I, I could dig up, um, that the critter in Jordan Peele's Nope took some inspirations from Sahakuel and just kind of angels from Ava in general. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I was about to reference something, but I'm just like, I mean, uh, no, it's been it's been a year plus. I think we're fine. 2022, yeah. Yeah, I think we're fine to talk about. <laughs> nope. Uh, yeah, if you're wondering, what does that mean? It's like, uh, you, should, you should watch it. But yeah, the old jean jacket themselves. Is, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, Sahakwil is definitely the, the one that it's most similar to. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely see that. Uh, this is also another one of the, the times where we get a... Uh, a reference to the second impact generation where I believe um, I think uh, Kaji gets called that in this episode at one point. Cause it's ha- how many, how, what, what percentage of the population dies in the second impact? Um, is that like half? It's a lot. Two billion people directly died from the second impact. Uh, yeah. So that's like, we're at what? Five billion. Uh, no, we are close to 7 billion okay, people now, okay. but still 2 billion people in 2000, I think we were still just under 6 billion. So yeah, a third. Yeah, we were at 6.1 billion people. That's, that's a lot of, that's a lot of death. In 1995, that's when, yeah. In 1995, it would have been 5.7. So So maybe, yeah. Yeah, that's like a third. Yeah, a third to a half. Yeah. I know we talked about this before, the sort of, this this show is a Mm -hmm. post-apocalypse. 
But it's, it's, I think one of the things we forget about Evangelion because of the big cool robots and the big cool depression Mm -hmm. is that like, there is a lot of subtle world building Mm -hmm. uh, in this show. And like just the reference of like, okay, what would this trend? Okay. People who were kids and alive during the second impact, what are, you know, what are they like? What's that? And like, okay, there's obviously a generation afterwards and what, what are like, what's that like for them? And it's just, yeah, it's just, it shows the detail they put in the, in the care and effort they put into the show to have that those things pop up and like, not Mm -hmm. nothing's ever like, well, you know, (laughs) in the, during the second impact when 2 billion people died, it's all, yeah. A lot of it is, is, Within the episodes, a lot of it is like, oh, we get some information because the kids are in school and they're learning about this thing, or we get to like flashbacks or stuff like that. Yeah. No, I think um, in in the manga, uh, I think Shinji. I don't know if we're at that. Yeah, in the manga, right now. Uh, mm-hmm. So Shinji did. Asuka knew what the actual cause of the second impact. Was. And told Shinji that. She's like, well, it was an angel. And that's why we're trying huh. to stop them. He's like, I thought it was a meteor. He's like, you're dumb. Baka. Baka. Anta Baka. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, lore. I think I read somewhere where people were like, if you just want like this straight lore without a lot of rigmarole, the manga is the place. Mm-hmm. And so far I'm like, yeah, 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 kind of. I'm. I'm retaining more information about the world. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, because I mean, a lot of it is like background. A lot of it is um, not served quite so directly to you, or at least from an English speaking point of view, it is not quite so prevalent. You can turn on those those sort of closed caption style subtitles where it will translate things that are like on signs and stuff like that, but you're still going to miss quite a bit if you don't you know, if you can't read Japanese yeah. uh, in certain scenes. I mean, I think both of you dance like you want to win. That's like the clear, it's, it's simply it's, too good. Yes, it's, it's a iconic episode of the series. And I think it's probably like the best executed uh, of like the, the, the action arc, the sort of monster of the week again, uh, sort of style episodes. I think that. And then um, she said, don't make others suffer for your personal hatred for me personally, because I just really like the the climax of this episode. Mm-hmm. I like the, oh, we got to hold it and then we all run in and then we can stab it and get going. I just think that's a very cool kind of visual. Um, I don't hmm, It might it might be it's like number two with a bullet might be the day Tokyo three stood still. Uh, just for overall, I can, I can definitely see that. Yeah, um, but I think because like I'm just the whole party scene and all that, I'm a little more annoyed with than mm. than charmed. Where I guess I don't know, maybe the the more give give me those classic sitcom situations. I guess give me two people stuck in an elevator. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I think we could both pretty much say magma divers definitely was. Yeah, well, it's. Yeah. 
<laughs> I don't know what that says about this, where our favorite one is the one where young men are selling pictures of their classmates. It's just the best executed one, <laughs> even if that first bit is kind of gross. Yeah. Just despite, in spite of it, despite itself. Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't, I, there's not really much else I can think of to discuss with these four episodes. I think we kind of covered most of it. It's, I think, I think once we start to get out of this action arc of it, we'll kind of get a bit more, a little bit more philosophical into like what's going on. But, uh, this is a nice little reprieve. Again, until we get to <laughs> dive back into some more of the serious information. Yeah, it's, I think, when, when's, when's the switch? Is it about to happen, or is it, we still have a few more left before um, it just really... I want to say episode 14. I think the second half of episode 14 uh, starts to... Actually, no, you know what it is. It's... Um, 16. So it's going to be the last episode of our next block. Um, that is the angel Leliel, which, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it when we get yeah. there, but it's, um, Shinji, Shinji doesn't have a good time in that episode. Oh, okay. I think there might be some, that's, that's kind of when we absorption. <laughs> mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of our next four episodes, are going to be episode 13, uh, Angel Infiltration, a.k.a. The Lilliputian Hitcher. Um, episode 14, Sele, The Seat of the Soul, a.k.a. Weaving a Story. Uh, episode 15, Lies in Silence, a.k.a. Those women longed for the touch of others' lips and thus invited their kisses. And then episode 16, The Sickness Unto Death, and then, a.k.a. Splitting of the Breast. A little bit more action stuff. A little bit more. Uh, one of them, episode fourteen, is part clip show, but uh, the second half of it introduces some new stuff. So we may not have to delve too much into that that mm-hmm. first half. So if you want to let us know how we're doing, if you want to uh, respond to that thing I asked you to respond to earlier in the episode that I already forgot, dab. If you yes. want to give us the history of the dab. <laughs> Uh, you can contact us at uh, thinkingtoohardpod at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at thinkinganime. Um, for however long Twitter is around. Still kicking um, somehow. Still kicking somehow. I have a Blue Sky code. Maybe I'll go make us a, a, a Thinking Too Hard About Anime Blue Sky. That, that um, might be the thing. I'm I'm resistant. I'm, I just, but I'm also not on Twitter, so. Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely don't blame you. Um, if you want to find me personally, hey, here's a here's the thing. Did you know you can just buy a website? <laughs> what? Uh, I went and got myself a domain. So if you go to kamanotaku.com, I'm, I'm going there right you now. Can find, <laughs> you can find my um my link tree to all of my accounts. Yeah. Uh, I believe my header image is, hold on, let me pull it up. Uh, yes, it's a picture of Archie Andrews from Riverdale saying, I, bro, I know all the secrets of the universe, (laughs) (laughs) which is a real line said in that show. Um, 
But yeah, so you can find my Twitter, my Tumblr, my Blue Sky, my Instagram, Twitch, my co-host. If you want to choast, you can choast over there. Um, and then I've got the, the podcast and the podcast Twitter Wonderful. linked on there, too. Speaking of the podcast, uh, you can uh, let us know how we're doing by rating and reviewing wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can also donate, if you so choose, uh, with a 99 cent a four ninety nine or a nine ninety nine monthly subscription. Uh, it just helps support the show. Helps us be able to afford some anime discs and DVDs, which is what you should be doing. You should be going and buying the actual discs and DVDs and not supporting the streaming services right now. Not until the writers this, and actors strikes are are over. Which by the time you're hearing this, they will probably still be ongoing. If they are not, um, I will be very we surprised. Did it. <laughs> Yeah, you did did it. it. You did it. They did it. Um, Yes, shout out Solidarity with them. Um, We literally sent uh, (laughs) SAG an email being like, hey, is it cool if we still do our show? Um, And they were like, yeah, that stuff isn't struck material yet. So you're good. Um, Yeah, we'll keep an eye out. Because I'm I'm not going to get into it. it. It's... Anime and animation and all that should go on strike. Yeah, they... But they are not a part of the SAG-AFTRA in the same way. It gets real complicated. It's... Um, it, I mean, it, it's catching on. Uh, I think the, mm-hmm. the Disney visual effects artists just voted to go on strike. I think Disney, I think Disney and Marvel, um, there is some word of apparently video game voice actors or like I don't know if it's video game voice actors or actors that perform for video games might be doing a strike soon as well um I I just saw something about that today but uh there's no hard confirmation there um yeah yeah, I, yeah just everyone unionize I think is what we're, <laughs> we're saying you know there are a lot of other unions forming lately I am very proud of all of them um, not just in like the entertainment industry, but in video games, in retail, in all sorts of services. Um, hey, man, UPS drivers, they got it good and they got it good because of their union. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. good on them. Um, I mean, <laughs> speaking of uh, yes. my, my other podcast, Kame House Party, is, is supporting the strike. Um, we are actually stopping... We're, we're no longer covering Dragon Ball episodes. Uh, we have some supplementary content that we're coming out with. Uh, we're covering, we're going over manga. Uh, we're going to do some improv, Im- more full improv episodes as we go along. Uh, but the most important thing you need to keep an eye on, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my damnedest to get this episode out before that, is that on Saturday, September the 30th, uh, we are doing our annual charity stream uh, over at twitch.tv slash Party. We are raising money uh, for the Cancer Research Institute. Uh, both uh, Vince and myself uh, have been affected by cancer. Uh, myself with loved ones and with himself, loved ones and himself. Uh, so this is this is something we we really care about, and we're we're so happy to be raising money for it. We're gonna have a lot of great guests, including one Noah Carden. Hey, how about that? Uh, we'll be there. 
Uh, so if you're looking, oh, just show for Noah. He the, he's gonna be on the stream. Uh, but yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> I might be physically there, <laughs> which is the wild might part. See some faces, who knows? Oh, um, yeah. Twitch.tv slash Kame House Party. Mark your calendars. Go ahead and give us a follow over there. Uh, do the notification thing. You you know you know. Uh, You're going uh, nine to nine. Correct. Yeah, it's a it's a we do a twelve hour stream. Uh, we've done twenty four hours once. <laughs> Never again. <laughs> Was, wasn't that on election day? <sighs> one of our no, one of our streams was election week. Was the twenty four hour one? I don't I don't remember. Hold on. No. So two thousand because I think you were separate for that one. I remember the one that was election day. We were both there together. The co yeah. No, 24 yes. hour I think was post COVID because I yeah. was here in this current apartment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It does like t- guys, time doesn't mean anything. <laughs> I just remember that you and Vince sitting on a couch playing a game and then there's like horns and stuff happening outside, and it was like, oh hey, the results of the election came in. Yeah, it <laughs> the that that long one, that one that took like four days. Yeah, um, yeah. Time time doesn't matter unless you're talking about Saturday, September thirtieth, from nine a.m. to nine p.m. Eastern. Twitch.tv/slash Kame House Party. Uh, come give us a watch and support a very good cause. Yeah, do that. Well. We hope you have enjoyed this episode, folks. Again, you can contact us at thinkingtoohardpod at gmail.com or at thinkinganime on Twitter. I refuse to call it X. Yeah. Um, just, like every, just like every news outlet. Yes. Um, and then, yeah. So until next time, I've been Noah Carden. I've been Aaron J. Shelton. And we've been thinking too hard. Thinking too hard.